Praise the Lord and God bless you everybody. This is Pastor Fields here again and this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It is my joy again, yet another Wednesday to come into your homes and to your cars and into your offices, wherever you are, uh, to share the word of God. I want to thank you for consistently and faithfully connecting with GRTDC here in, in the nation's capital and RTA in the Bronx. And those of you who are connecting from other areas, uh, the saints of God there in the Philippines, in Jamaica, uh, and in Europe, uh, in London, and here across these United States who weekly uh, faithfully connect with us. I thank God for you. Uh, and the saints are coming in. We want to give them time to come in. But I, I just want to thank you all uh, for being so gracious and allowing us to share God's word with you week by week. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we love you so much and we're so grateful for all that you do. All that you do. For all that you are to us. Lord, we ask that you would bless us as we go into your word. Touch our hearts and minds. Lord, if you see anything that should not be, take it away from us, Lord. Cleanse us. Wash us. Help us, we ask in Jesus' name. Bless us through your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So as you know, <clears throat> this is the month of March. We're closing this month out. And uh, the month of March has been designated as Women's History Month. So each Wednesday of this month, we have been taking a woman out of the Bible uh, and teaching a Bible lesson uh, around that particular woman. Uh, and certainly we have been enjoying ourselves this month. Uh, the first week we talked about the woman with the alabaster box uh, and uh, the theme or uh, the lesson title was Only My Best for Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and then we talked about Abigail the second week, uh, and the lesson topic was difficult discussions. Uh, and the following week, we talked about Lydia, um, and the topic of the lesson was service and hospitality. Last week, we had a wonderful time talking about Rahab, uh, and the title of the lesson was Faith and the Wondrous Grace of God. Now, you can get a copy of those notes at any time. They're connected to uh, the lessons uh, that play weekly uh, and the announcements. You can go and get a copy of those lessons or if you're not able to find it, email us at grt, I'm sorry, admin at grtdc.org and our administrator will email those notes to you so you could actually have those notes in your hands feel free to use them study use them the teacher own class it's it's perfectly fine but tonight uh this is part of holy week of course we're leading up to good friday and of course sunday will be resurrection sunday yes and i thought it would be appropriate uh, to talk about the women that were at the cross when Jesus was crucified. Uh, the women that were at the cross uh, when Jesus 
was crucified. And our, our scripture, or our topic, I should say, is stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. And uh, our anchor scripture, Gospel according to St. Luke, uh, chapter 8, verses 1, 2, and 3. I'll read it for you. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Johanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. Now, in the other Gospels, of course, it talks about the women that followed Jesus. Uh, in the Gospel of Mark, the 15th chapter, uh, it says, Some women were watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Osus, and Salome. When Jesus was in Galilee, these women had followed and supported him along with many other women who had come to Jerusalem with him. So we know from reading the synoptics, so all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Luke, Mark, John, uh, from reading the Gospels, that a number of women were present at his crucifixion uh, when he was crucified on the cross. And some of these women were also there when Jesus was buried. And uh, there were women there when he... Uh, rose from the dead. When it was realized that he was no longer there, there were women. Uh, so there's a lot that we can learn from their discipleship. There were many women. The Bible says there were many women. Matthew and Mark, Matthew and Mark note that there were many women who were watching in the crowd that day that Jesus was crucified. All of the gospel writers mention a few women specifically. They pinpoint a few specifically, uh, presumably those uh, who would have been known to their, to their readers. Um, Matthew specifically names Mary Magdalene, uh, Mary the mother of James, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Mark also names Mary Magdalene. Uh, Luke and his gospel identifies Mary Magdalene. So it's good to note that there were women disciples also. There were women that followed my Savior also. These women um, who followed Jesus from Galilee, and we read about them uh, in our anchor scripture. We first read about them uh, in Luke chapter 8, verses 1, 2, and 3. Uh, and Luke says there were two distinct groups. Uh, he says there were the 12, right? Those are the, the men that he chose uh, to follow him and who would carry the church after uh, he would be crucified and raised, raised from the dead. And after he would leave and say, I'm going to send you another comforter. He needed men who would continue the work. Uh, but then he says certain women. I'll read it again for you. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. These are the two groups, he says in verse 2, 
and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Johanna, the wife of Jusa, Herod Stuart and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. So at the end of verse 1, the 12, and as he begins verse 2, and certain women. So these are the two groups, the 12 and certain women. So after this, uh, according to the scripture, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, and he would be proclaiming the good news. He would be talking kingdom talk, repentance, and turning your life uh, to God. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He went preaching from city to city, town to town, and yes, the twelve were with him. But the Bible says uh, there were also some women that followed him, who had been cured, according to Dr. Luke, he said, who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Uh, Mary, who was called uh, Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Johanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager. Now listen, Johanna was the manager of Herod's household. She came out of Herod's household. She said, I'm going I'm going to follow Jesus. Susanna and many others, these women were helping to support uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and those men who would be preaching and teaching, uh, and they did it out of their own means. So it becomes obvious that when we read the Gospels, that these verses are not referring to a one-time event. These women were following Jesus day by day, moment by moment. Uh, it's it's describing what is true from this point forward. Um, Jesus is preaching and teaching with a wider group than we would we would expect or we would think. Uh, not just the twelve; it was a group that included women. It was a group that included women. I'm gonna say it one more time. It was a group that included women that followed Christ. These women were not just supporting cast members. Uh, when the 12 are called, we read that they left everything and followed Jesus. We read that in the scriptures, Luke 5 and 11. They left everything and they followed Jesus. This concept, so the concept of following is often used to describe discipleship in the Gospels. Uh, but it's also used in reference to women. Uh, so when you see a woman mentioned in the scriptures that's part of the group that's following Jesus, she had to leave everything also and follow Jesus. Just like the men, these women stood near the cross with Jesus, and they had given up everything to follow him, including, listen, including their safety, including their, uh, the security of their homes, including relationships and reputations, they had to, they had to give, it, give up everything. Mm -hmm. And they were also, according to what we read in verse 3, I'll read it, and Johanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod, Stuart, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance, which means financially they supported the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I'd like to say here something about women. 
<clears throat> I'd like to, I'm going to put in the plug for the, for the women. Uh, we can imagine that when the disciples headed to Jerusalem, uh, that fateful week, the week that he was uh, accosted and brought, uh, the week that he was brutally scourged, uh, and their, their expectations were quite different from what they experienced uh, when they got there. They, who would have thought they would have treated Jesus the way that they treated him? Uh, so regardless of the gender, there were men and women there who watched everything and things began to escalate. Yes, uh, once Jesus was arrested, right, the, the, the beard was ripped from his face. He was scourged now and the women were standing there. And it's not like when you, you watch it on TV, he was stripped of his clothing. Hallelujah. Laid bare. Uh, across a block and they chained him and they scourged him and the women were there also and they watched as the flesh was pulled from his back around his torso and his thighs they watched as his back opened up women were there hallelujah women were there too where you could almost he was whipped so bad uh and the old testament prophet said his visage uh, was marred, which means he was beaten so much until you could hardly recognize who he was. They saw all of that. Yes, three ways the disciples responded. Three ways. Some ran, including Peter, remember? Some would run. Some would watch from a distance. And there would be some who would follow Jesus all the way to the cross and they would be there with him from nine o'clock in the morning until three o'clock in the afternoon. So, and I have to say, brothers, while the male disciples were conspicuously absent from this point in the story, when you read it in the other gospels in Matthew and Mark, even Luke tell us that many of the women were still there. The men would run away they got away from it, whether it's out of fear of, of being apprehended also, but the women stood there. Hallelujah, stood there. John, in the Gospel of John, he places four of them near the cross, along with the disciple Jesus loved. And we read that in John 19:25. And a smaller group is close enough to have a private conversation with Jesus. The women were there. Could you imagine? They were there close enough to even have private conversation with Jesus, which reveals that their nearness was not only positional, but relational. Let me say it. And I'm talking about the women that followed Jesus. I'm getting ready to dig into it. Uh, when John talks about it in his gospel, you get the, you get the uh, feeling that the relationship that these women had was not just positional. They weren't just there to be seen. You know, if it was happening today, uh, people would have out their cameras. You know, they're beating Jesus, and people would have their their phones out filming the whole thing uh -huh, just to get close, just to be in the know. And see, I was there, but these women were there not just positionally, but they had a relationship with Jesus they loved him and they didn't want to leave him. Look what they're doing to my Lord. The men had ran away, but these women stood there. 
And, you know, um, I have in my notes, many give the male disciples a pass for not having the courage to stand near that day, thinking that the risk might have been greater for them than for women. Uh, but there are historical accounts, uh, like under the emperor Tiberius, uh, women were also accosted. And uh, there is mention even of the crucifixion of women. Now, if it was brutal for Jesus, imagine how much more brutal it would be for a woman to be crucified. And we have, there are historical facts that at times women were crucified. And there were other emperors who were cruel where they would crucify Christians in mass numbers. Uh, Nero would, uh, would siskubob or, or put the Christians on the pole, men and women, and set them on fire to light up the city. Uh, so women, uh, because they would not give up Jesus, they would not let go of Jesus. Uh, and in some cases, I would say the women were braver than the men. Uh, they would burn. They would be eaten alive. And while they're burning or being eaten alive, they would sing songs. Hallelujah. They would praise their Jesus. Uh, so the Romans, they had no qualms about crucifying a woman in that era. Uh, many of the details uh, we have about the death, burial, and resurrection are recorded because a woman had the courage to stay near the cross. <laughs> they told what happened. Yeah, a man might have wrote it down, but a lot of what we know is because a woman came back and said, uh, this is what they did to my Lord. I know John was there, but a lot of the men had disappeared, but the women, hallelujah, stood there and watched everything that happened to my Lord. And then to have the courage to stay near the tomb, my Lord. So let's get into this. I'm going to read it again, Luke chapter 8, verses 1, 2, and 3. Let's get into the lesson. Uh, it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Johanna, the wife of Jerusa. Herod Stewart and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. Now, it's good to know that uh, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke tells more stories about women than any other gospel, any of the synoptic gospels. Uh, in fact, uh, this letter that Luke writes, uh, he's writing to Theopolis. It, there's about 23 stories in the Gospel of Luke that are never mentioned in any other gospel. Uh, so here in chapter 8, we're meeting a group of women who consider uh, their high status less than important in contrast to the blessing of being able to serve alongside Jesus. They had to give up some things to follow Jesus. Uh, Afterward, he went through the cities and villages. I'll read it again. Proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. And Luke 
mentions Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Johanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. They gave money. Here, Lord, you can have what I have. I want to make sure you're okay. So they were uh, patrons of Jesus. They were disciples of Jesus. They followed Jesus' ministry. Uh, they weren't just following to be following. They wanted to participate. They wanted to be a blessing. They wanted to see uh, the ministry of Jesus flourished. So, um, and listen to my notes, and this might be a little controversial to, to what some of you uh, believe, uh, but they were actively involved in the ministry. In fact, the word used for their activity in the Greek is diokoneo, and that's the word that we get deacon from. Now, that's another lesson. I won't get into it because I hear your wheels turning now. Uh, but, uh, but that's the word we get our modern word deacon from. They weren't just supporting Jesus with their finances. They were following him as disciples. And uh, whatever the Lord needed them to do, uh, they would do it to push forward his ministry. Now, um, I would say he did not uh, choose any of them to be pastors. They were not sent out to pastor. Uh, that's why I say it's another lesson because I hear your wheels turning, but you need to know there were women. Even Paul had to, had to send word back and, and tell them to, to encourage or support, to honor those women that labored with him in the gospel. Uh, maybe that's another lesson I need to teach. There were women always present working and sacrificing so that the ministry can continue. There were women who were well-to-do, right? Uh, some of the homes that the saints worshipped in uh, belonged to women who were fortunate enough uh, to own property. Yes, there were some women who may have been married to men who were well-to-do and they and they passed and they were able to hold on uh, to the money and the property uh, with permission, of course. Uh, the laws then concerning women were very stringent. Yes, even worse than our time. Uh, but they were able to hold on and they made sacrifice. Uh, so much so that, listen, in some, in, in some cases, if it were found out that the saints were in their house, they may have lost their property. They were in danger of being in prison because it was against the law also to be a Christian. That's another lesson, but it's very interesting. Uh, so these women uh, were following Jesus. What do we know about these women? Well, uh, Luke, in his writings, uh, he seems to assume that Theophilus already knows about these women. He's already heard about them. Uh, they were known then because of their status. Also, uh, because of their reputation of being healed by the Lord's ministry, physically and spiritual sickness. So uh, I have in my notes the whole group of them, most prominent among them was Mary Magdalene, uh, Johanna, the wife of Chusa, and Susanna. There were many others. There were many others. He says that there were many other women uh, so we can't underestimate that these unnamed women uh, 
or what they did for Jesus, I should say. We can't underestimate what these women did for Jesus. Uh, though some downplay their service, the context and the details of the verses lend strong support, strong support that these women were a financial uh, help to the ministry. So I'm going to call them independent financial patrons. <laughs> these women became independent financial patrons helping the Lord's ministry function. Wow. So let's talk about them. Um, Mary Magdalene is mentioned about 12 times in the Gospels, which is more than most uh, of the apostles. She's mentioned 12 times. Uh, so her epithet may just indicate that she was from uh, the fishing village of uh, Magdala. So that's where we get the name Mary Magdalene uh, in Galilee. Magdala was in Galilee. And though uh, the city was sometimes called Migdal or Magadan, uh, and she had a connection, the city had a connection with prostitution. So um, I need to say this, there's no mention anywhere in the Bible that Mary was a prostitute. It's conjecture. It's it's a reputation she gets because the city, Magdala or Migdal, was connected to a ring of prostitution. You know, sometimes uh, where you come from can damage your reputation as well. Uh, they tried to do it to Jesus. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, what's in Nazareth? How can this come out of... So sometimes people... Uh, it's it's not your breath. It's not because you're too short. It's because of where you come from. Well, you know, people that come from there, so and so and so. So uh, there's no mention in the Bible that Mary was a prostitute. More likely, it's more likely that she was a prominent leader, a prominent woman leader. Mm -hmm. So every time her name is mentioned in the list of women, you notice she's always first. Hmm. So Mary had a history, though, like we all do. We talked about that last week. She had a history of demon possession. She was out there. She was caught up. She maybe, maybe it was a brutal possession. Uh, Jesus healed her. She met Jesus, and Jesus healed her of her spiritual sickness, cast the enemy out. And so deep was her gratitude that it seems that she would never leave him. She said, I'm going to stay with Jesus. Listen, has the Lord done anything for you? Has he delivered you? Has he set you free? A lot of you connecting with me tonight, you have testimonies you haven't even shared with people. Yes, you came from a bad place. You had bad things happen to you, but you met Jesus and your life changed. And you think I'm going to leave Jesus after he's done all this for me? So she was one woman who said, I'm never going to leave Jesus. Whatever he needs, I'm going to make sure the ministry is able to flourish. Jesus healed her. Hallelujah. Yes, if he's been good to you and you have a mind to stay with Jesus, put it in the comment section. I'm going to stay with Jesus. She had a deep gratitude. 
So deep was her gratitude that it seems like she never left him, not even after his death. Yeah, not even after his death, standing there. Where is Jesus? Hallelujah. Looking for him. Johanna was there. Now, uh, Johanna's name means God is generous. Yes, God is generous. And her husband, Chusa, it's spelled C-H-U-Z-A, had a position of authority in Herod's house, King Herod's house. And because people generally married someone of, of, of social status, Johanna probably belonged to a prominent family herself, a prominent Jewish family. Mm-hmm. Which means in order to follow Jesus, she had to give up her Jewish tradition. But she was a prominent woman. And she and uh, back then, there were Jews who also supported Herod. It was a political thing. Yeah. So since she was of high social status and, um, and out of place in Galilee, rural, listen to my notes, rural Galileans could have held her in contempt. And rejected her because they knew you're from Herod's house. We can't even trust you. Hallelujah. Jesus could have said the same thing. But something changed in her life. She had to follow Jesus. Yes. And it would seem it wasn't the case. She was not rejected. She was not pushed away. Uh, not even by the other women who could have pushed her away. It was all about Jesus. Listen, when it's all about Jesus, you forget about where people came from, what they did. We just want to worship the Lord. I wish the church can learn from this. It doesn't matter what your last name is, what you've done, as long as the Lord has changed your life, we can all come together and worship. We all have something in common. <laughs> Hallelujah. A change has been wrought because of Jesus. So uh, there was no separation of class among the women. There was no bickering among the women. No, they, they came together. Separation by class among them is never mentioned. It is uncommon for a husband and wife to both be mentioned by name. But in all biblical references where they are, both are believers. So uh, Johanna and Chusa may have lent their influence as well as their own possessions, their houses or whatever. Let's worship here. Let's hide here. Uh, think about how this might have benefited Jesus and the 12 disciples, especially when they got into Jerusalem. So Johanna's connections, because she, she came out of Herod's house, may have helped even smoothed over some political tensions. But not this week, not during Holy Week, not after he was arrested. It didn't matter how good of a word anybody put in for Jesus. Hallelujah. He came to die and they were determined to put Jesus on the cross. So um, let's talk about Susanna. Um, Susanna is mentioned less often than any other other women. Um, but she too is pro probably is thought that she comes from a prominent family and well-known. And this may 
be the reason why her name is listed rather than uh, her being included in the group of many others. Luke includes her. I'm going to name her. And then for the rest, he just said, and there were many other women. She was probably part of the group that followed Joseph of Arimathea to the burial site. They, they said, I'm not leaving Jesus. I'm going to stay with Jesus. Even after they pulled him down from the cross, they followed him to the burial site. The women, yeah. The men had already run off. And like I said, many of the, the what is recorded is only because the women stayed and told what they saw and what they experienced. Luke 23, Luke the 23rd chapter, verses 50 through 56. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. He was a believer. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation. And the Sabbath drew on. Listen, verse 55. And the women also, which came with him from Galilee, they followed him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulchre and how his body laid. And they returned and prepared spices. So not only did they stay with them, but they saw what needed to be done. And they went back and got some spices so they can prepare his body. How much love is this? How much faithfulness is this? Yes, and these were, these were well-to-do women. They were prominent, but they weren't too proud to take spices. We're going to clean his body. We're going to, to uh, take care of him. They got and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. So uh, Susanna was there. She's mentioned less than in the others, uh, but she was one of those that followed him. I'm going to stay with Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to stay with him from, from Pontius Pilate's house. Uh, I'm going to stay with him and watch him carry the cross. I'm going to stay with him and watch them put nails in his hands and his feet. I'm going to stay with Jesus and watch them plummet the cross in the socket of the earth between the heavens and the earth. I'm going to stay with Jesus from nine o'clock in the morning till three in the afternoon. I'm going to stay with Jesus and hear him say those seven words, those seven last sayings and hear everything he says. I want to hear him. I want to see him. I'm going to stay with Jesus, hallelujah, and hear him say, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. I'm going to stay with Jesus and watch as the soldiers come to break the bones of those who were hanging on the cross to make sure that they are dead. But Jesus had already gone. He had already hung his head and said, it is finished. Hallelujah. They were there. And watched as the soldier took the spear and shoved it in my Lord's side. And out came blood and water. 
Some of the men had run away. These women were there. I'm going to stay with Jesus. Many others. Bible says, name some. Then he says, there were many other women, though they may not have been as well known. Uh, these women may not have been as wealthy or uh, they may not have been uh, as much as a financial supporter uh, cumulatively, uh, but the contributions may not have been great, but they were there. Many others is expressed in the Greek when you read that scripture we read in Luke 8 verses 1 to 3, many others, it's, it's talked about in feminine gender. The Greek language is much different uh, from ours. Uh, it is talked about in feminine gender, and we understand he's talking about, not just talking about many other followers, but many other women, many other female followers. Hallelujah. So uh, when Mark is mentioning them, at the crucifixion, he also looks back on how it was known of all of them that they had supported Jesus throughout all of his ministry. They weren't just there to spectate, but these women were there throughout all of his ministry. Mark chapter 15, I'm going to read it for you. Mark the 15th chapter, verse 40 and 41, there were also women looking on afar off among whom was Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the less and of Hosus and Salome. These women were there. Mm -hmm. They were there looking afar off, watching. Uh, and I dare say, and I have it in my notes, that these women were an example of what it really means to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. It doesn't look good, but I'm going to stay with Jesus. Things are hostile. Things are, the pressure is on. There's even the possibility of, of death, certain death for Jesus, but we can be killed too. But I'm going to stay. Hallelujah. I'm going to stay with Jesus. So, they're exemplifying what it really means to follow Jesus, to give freely, to join him on mission. Yes, and his death was a mission. No man takes my life. I lay it down. Hallelujah. And I take it up again. Yes, and though we don't walk with Jesus in the flesh like they did, um, there are probably a lot of lessons we can learn from these women that follow Jesus. I love this lesson. First thing I can learn from, from the lesson is that uh, to show gratitude for how he has healed me. Hallelujah. I've been sick in my body. Yes. And he healed. And there's some of you who were sick at one time too. Yes. And he healed you. Just You're not in the hospital anymore. You're walking around looking as pretty as you can looking as dapper as you can, hallelujah, you ought to have gratitude. I'm sure you do. If you are, hallelujah, just put it in the comment section. The Lord healed me, and I'm grateful. Come on, put it there. The Lord healed me, and I'm grateful. Listen, he didn't just heal bodies, but he heals minds. Yes, he heals emotions. 
He sure does. He heals wounded spirits. He's a healer. Remember that song? Used to sing, you don't even hear it anymore. Jesus is a healer. The world don't believe it. Jesus is a healer. He heals all the time. Yes, heals the sick, raise the dead. There's no reason to be afraid. Jesus is a healer. And he heals all the time. Yeah, the prophet said he would be wounded for my transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace would be upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Yeah. <laughs> These women were, were, some of them were prominent, but Jesus did something for them that money could never do. Deliverance and healing. Hallelujah. From Luke's description, uh, it appears that all of them were saved from a great deal of brokenness. Hallelujah. Both physical and spiritual. <laughs> Listen, Jesus has done so much for us. You can't, you can't, you can't afford to leave Jesus. You got to follow him all the way. Stay with Jesus. Put it in the comment section. I'm going to stay with Jesus. So having been saved by him and delivered by him, healed by him, they had to be beyond grateful. This man has done so much for me. And even while they carried his body to the sepulcher, they followed him. I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going anywhere. Hallelujah. Even if he didn't uh, save you from what he saved them from, even if you weren't delivered from what I was delivered him from, he has done something for all of us and we should be grateful. Hallelujah. So grateful. And so I think sometimes we, we act like we forget that the Lord has healed, that the Lord has made a way. He, we sometimes we forget uh, how we were laid on our backs. People act like they forget uh, and, they, and they get up and walk around and just go back to whatever uh, and, and act like they're not even grateful. But these women were grateful, so grateful until they said, I'm going to stay with Jesus. The second thing I learned from these women, as we learned, some of them were well-to-do. They were prominent figures. They had connections. They had money, or they can get money if they needed to. Uh, they had resources, and they used their resources um, to help Jesus continue his work. So this is what I learned, uh, to use my resources, use what I have. It's not just the money in my pocket, but perhaps connections or Yes, uh, to perpetuate, to perpetuate the move of my Lord or the will of my God. Yeah, this is what they did. Uh, listen, they traveled together for three years. This is how long the ministry of Jesus, his personal ministry on earth, and they followed him for three years. And um, they left behind fishing nets and collection booths. They, some of them left behind their sources of income to do it. Um, and Jesus, listen to my notes, Jesus didn't make miraculous meals out of loaves and fishes every time his disciples needed to eat. No. You better believe it didn't. Every single time he pulled the food out of the air. No, they had to go buy food. They had to, you know, they had to do certain things. Instead, 
Uh, listen, the Bible only mentions him doing it a couple of times, feeding people with a very little bit. But instead, he let the women meet needs of the group. These women gave their financial support. My Lord, we're learning something new, some of us today, aren't we? Jesus had great expectations for his disciples. And he told them so. Not only would they do great things to complete the work he began on earth, but he says, you shall do greater things. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he would be doing the work through them. And you better believe it wasn't just the men that heard him say that, because we now know that women followed him from the very beginning. Yeah. The women heard him say this too. I want to take you to John, the 14th chapter. St. John chapter 14, and I'm going to read verses 12 through 14 for you. This is Jesus talking. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, and whosoever ye shall ask, whatsoever, I'm sorry, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So uh, if we go back to Acts, the second chapter, uh, we will see that there were believers that came together. Uh, and the Bible says they gave or they shared everything that they had. Uh, but this, this was not something that happened once in a while. It was the custom of the church back then to share everything that they had. And these women had that mindset, whatever I have, Lord, is yours. Hallelujah. How many of us are saying that today? Whatever I have, Lord, is yours. My house is yours. My car is yours. As a matter of fact, this job that I have, Lord, it's your job. <laughs> yes. Everything that I have, I'm yours. I'm yours. Everything that I have, it's yours. I'm going to stay with you. And everything that I have is yours. Hallelujah. It, it, was a, it was a pattern of behavior even before Jesus left the scene and said, I'm going away, but uh, don't worry, I'm going to send you another comforter. There was already the custom of sharing whatever I have. Whatever I have, you have. If I'm blessed, you're blessed. So uh, the first thing I learned from these women is that I, I need to show I need to do a better job of showing gratitude for what he has done. Hallelujah. The second thing is uh, I need to do a better job of using my resources to continue the work, to make sure the work prospers or continues. As much as the Lord has blessed us, uh, Lord, I'm always going to be there to make sure that the ministry flourishes. So whatever I have. I'm going to give to the ministry. I want to make sure this is the way I'm showing you. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stay close uh, to your will and make sure that the ministry, the ministry of Jesus continues. Uh-huh. And the third thing I've learned is uh, I have to use my giving as a way to stay close to Jesus. 
so uh, these women met the needs of Jesus as he traveled. Uh, they were traveling companions, probably just like the men were. Probably wasn't the primary reason the women traveled with him, but it seems clear. Listen to my notes. It seems clear to me that they were devoted to Jesus. They gave of their money, possessions, time, their influence, and service were always they stayed by his side. Uh-huh. So many others want to be near him, but they won't make any sacrifices. They won't take anything out of their, out of their pocket. They won't use their influence to help the ministry at all. Mm -hmm. But these women were not afraid to share, to give, uh, and to help the ministry continue. And in spending so much time with them, uh, listen, and spending so much time with them, you know they had to learn his ways. They learned from his teaching and preaching. Uh, they learned how to respond to people. They learned how to be like Jesus. Glory. Who can spend time with Jesus and not want to be like Jesus? Who could spend time with Jesus and not want to talk like Jesus? Not want to walk like Jesus? Day by day, these women of means and nobility would work alongside uh, the rural Galilean uh, coast, right? Uh, and many of their identities were known, uh, but uh, because they were with Jesus, they were no longer being defined uh, by their wealth or their status. It was the fact that they had been with him that marked them. Listen to this. Listen to what Luke writes in the 23rd chapter, verse 49, and then I'll read out of verse 55. And all was acquaintance, and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off beholding these things. I'll read it again. Luke 23, 49. And all his acquaintance, and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off beholding these things. I'll go down to verse 55 now. And the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. They were with Jesus even until he was laid to rest in the sepulcher. Yes. So, Johanna, Mary, and others stayed with him Jesus, while he was dying, even after the disciples deserted the Lord. My God, listen to what I'm saying. I'm going to say their names, Johanna, Mary. And there were other women who stayed with Jesus while he's dying on the cross. And could you imagine how brutal the image was, what they saw, what they smelt, how terribly horrible it was. And these women stay. I'm not leaving here. I'm going to stay with Jesus. While he was dying, they stayed with him, even after the disciples deserted him. When Joseph asked Pilate for the body, women were standing there. They were there. Johanna helped prepare 
the body of my Jesus for burial. Hallelujah. Johanna helped prepare. She took spices and rubbed his hands. Rubbed his body. He took spices and, and rubbed where the spear had pierced him in his side. Yes, prepared him for burial and Mary waited outside the tomb until he rose. <laughs> My Lord. My Lord, thank you, Jesus. Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. These were Jesus' friends. Yeah. Are you a friend of Jesus? Are you just a fair-weathered saint? Are you just here for the fish and the loaves of bread? Or... Are you determined to stay with him even when things get rough? Even if it costs your life, are you willing to stay with Jesus? These were, these, was his these were his friends. And he died. And they weren't going anywhere. Yes, they've crucified my Lord, but I'm not going anywhere. Hallelujah. Yes, it looks bad, but I'm not going anywhere anywhere. He arose, my God, and they were there waiting for him. My God. Listen, we are called to abide in him. I'm getting ready to close. I'm going to take you to um, John, the 15th chapter, and it, and it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. I am the true vine, and we're called to abide in him. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, and that it may bring forth more fruit. I am in him, and he is in me. That's how close we should be, and I don't want to be disconnected from him, and this, is, this was the mentality of these women. I do not want to be disconnected with him, and I'll do whatever I need. They're going to crucify him. Hallelujah. I'll prepare his body. And he said he was going to get up on the third day. And when he did, women were there. It says Mary waited outside his tomb until he rose. And we are called to abide and we will be blessed. Listen, according to the gospels, we will be blessed immeasurably if we wait for him until. Hallelujah. Just like Mary waited until he rose. Are you willing to wait and stay with him until he comes back for you? Stay with him until he returns? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you just here for the miracles and the blessings? Are you going to stay until he returns? Stay with Jesus. Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 40. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for the Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, that may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. 
Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay close to Jesus until he comes. Just like these women said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with Jesus. They followed him to Calvary. When they followed him from Calvary to the sepulchre. Hallelujah. One woman got an opportunity to prepare his body. The other sat outside until he rose. And we are admonished to abide in him, to live in him, to stay in him <laughs> until he returns. Hallelujah. I felt that in my spirit. Stay with Jesus. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face and to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, I want to lift my voice. Cares are past, home at last, ever to rejoice. I want to see him. I, I want to do what Johanna did. I want to be able to put my hands in, in the nail prints. And I want to be able to, to put my arms around his torso and, and see my blessed Savior. Yes. I want to hear his voice. I want to stay with him. I want to stay close to him so I can see him as he returns. I want to be caught up to meet him in the air. So my mindset has to be to stay with him. Stay with him so you can see him. Stay with him. It may not make sense to some, but think about what I'm saying. Hallelujah. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to be disconnected with my Lord. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. How long? Until he returns. I'm here for the long haul. And I have a mind to continue to hold on to Christ. He loves me. And I love him. I pray that these lessons have been a blessing to you. Yes, I want to pray a special prayer now. And, and if there's someone that, you know, needs prayer, uh, someone that needs salvation, send me their name. Even put their name in the comment section. But send me at prayer request as I can take them and lay them on the altar uh, and pray for them. Hallelujah. Put their names in the comment section even. We're getting ready to pray. Getting ready to pray. This is Holy Week and we are remembering the death, the burial and resurrection of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And as we remember this week, I want you to make this proclamation as we pray. Lord, I want to stay with you. I'm staying with Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Because just like he rose again, he's coming back to receive me unto himself. Just like he rose. Yes, that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is going to quicken our mortal bodies. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm going to see him one day. I'm going to see him. I'm going to stay. I'm not leaving. You can have this whole world, but I'll take Jesus for mine. I'm getting ready to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I have shared what you have put in my heart to share. And I pray, Father, that you would lay your hands on everyone here under the sound of my voice. Those who need deliverance, Father, I pray that you deliver. Those who need healing, heal. Those, Father, who need salvation, I pray that you would save them. Fill them with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, touch, Lord. Heal, Lord. Deliver, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you tonight. Send those prayer requests, won't you? Admin at grtdc.org. And also, if you would like to uh, give an offering, plant a seed in this ministry, you may do so. Follow those instructions that our technician has put on the screen and you may uh, plant your seed. Those of you who are uh, here connecting with us from our sister church, Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, uh, you may use Givelify uh, and plant your seed. Those of you who are living in the New York area, you may use Givelify also. Uh, plant that seed, won't you, and be a blessing. We want to thank those of you who are have been a blessing to us financially because of you we're, we're able to continue continue this ministry i want to thank you now we had announced that we were opening up on easter sunday and i have to change that uh want to make sure that we are truly ready to receive people making sure that the building again once again is up to spec uh we had at one time uh, disinfected and so forth and wiped down uh, according to CDC guidelines and we want to make sure that we are still within those guidelines so there's certain things that we must do first and I apologize I was all excited and ready uh, but I want to be sure of everyone's safety so I'm moving the opening of the church uh, to be the first Sunday in May this will give us enough time to make sure everything is up to spec uh, from wiping down of surfaces even to uh, ventilation and so forth. Uh, so we'll get it right. So we're moving the opening of uh, GRTDC to the first Sunday in May. We want to make it so once we open, we don't have to close back up. Uh, many of you are getting your vaccinations and and other things and getting just getting yourselves together so we'll be in a better place and those of you in the Bronx uh, where we were attempting to open in May we're going to move it to June so everything is just moved down for one more month uh, with the Lord's help we're going to get it done we're going to stay with Jesus hallelujah and continue to perpetuate this ministry that he started this is the Lord's Church and Jesus is Lord. I love you all so much. I love you so much and I thank God for you. Well, Lord willing, we'll come together again on next week. I can't wait. 
But you know what I always say, in between now and then, there are three things that I would like you to do. Be careful, be prayerful, and yes, be holy. Shalom, shalom.